Hello friends, before we begin today's lecture, I want to let you know about my Unlock God Mode experience and the special May 2024 cohort that we're going to be doing this upcoming month. Unlock God Mode is a unique 10-hour audio course that invites you on a powerful journey of awareness, intention, consciousness, and manifestation. Inside the course, you'll be taught powerful tools and manifestation frameworks to help you unlock the next level of your reality, uplevel your creation skills, deepen your relationship with yourself, and develop a limitless mind, and also tap into absolute faith and trust in the divine. We are about to begin the May 2024 Unlock God Mode cohort. So for anyone who joins Unlock God Mode this week, you will be added to the May 2024 group coaching calls. These are bonus weekly group calls with me and other members of the group, and I'll only be doing them this May. Also, as a bonus, for those that join this week, you'll receive a one-on-one personal coaching call with me to help you with any challenges or goals that you have. So head over to unlockgodmode.xyz or use the link in the show notes to lock in your spot in the Unlock God Mode experience. For those that join, this will be an extraordinary life-changing, transformative experience for you, and I'm so excited to have you in the group. I hope to see you inside the course, and now, enjoy this episode. Hello, beautiful soul. My name is James Zander. Before we begin this episode, I invite you to download my free Mushroom Trip Checklist. This is a free PDF guide that dives into everything you need to know for your next psychedelic trip, what to do before your trip, during your trip, and after your psychedelic journey. Head over to mushroomchecklist.com to download it for free or use the link in the show notes. And now, enjoy this episode. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome back to the James Sander trip, where we dive into psychedelics, spirituality, consciousness, and how we can use personal growth to tap into the highest version of ourselves. Today, I have a special bonus episode for you. This is a conversation between me and my friend Evan. Evan runs a podcast called Existence, and he invited me on his podcast to talk about my journey with psychedelics. We had a beautiful chat and he graciously agreed to let me republish the conversation on this podcast. In this episode, we dive into my spiritual beginnings, my journey with psychedelics, how psychedelics help deconstruct the ego and the self, how much truth lies in the psychedelic experience, the role of intention, what is God, and so much more. Evan asked some really deep questions on this pod. Be sure to check out Evan's podcast existence. Links will be in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Existence. This is the podcast where we are exploring the question, what does it mean to exist and pursue a life while lived through the contemplation of love, death, meaning, and philosophy. Today's episode is with James Zander. He's the host of the James Zander Trip podcast and YouTube channel where he helps people with their psychedelic and spiritual journeys. Uh, so James reached out to me earlier this year when I was getting my podcast going, and, and we um, just connected, and 
And our podcast touch on similar things in terms of existence, philosophy, kind of talking about pursuing a life well lived. And so he's a great guy. I really enjoy every time we we get to talk and has a lot of great insight. And this was a uh, great conversation to have with him. I hope you enjoy the conversation we touch on, James's backstory, how we got interested in these topics, uh, spirituality, death, exploration of consciousness, love, meaning, all those fun topics. So super stoked to have him on the podcast and hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks. James, thanks for um, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy, uh, busy person with your work and I'm um, glad we... Uh, Glad we found the time to connect again. Um, I guess w- w- through this conversation, I want to dive more into like who, dive more into who you are, how you got started, and what you do, and and how how you became the person you are right now in terms of your your goals and aspirations within within the field you're working in. And so, you want to kind of take take the uh, listeners to kind of a, a brief background about who you are, how you got started, and what what you're doing. Sure. I am a psychedelic explorer, consciousness adventurer, podcast host, and YouTuber. I love to share knowledge around psychedelics, spirituality, mindset, the power of the mind, and how we can tune into the highest version of ourselves, whether that's Mm -hmm. through self-improvement, personal growth, or more spiritual aspects of reality. How I got into this This was, I think, in 2018 was where all my psychedelic adventures began. But even before that, I was always interested in the nature of reality and what is life about and why are we here and and what is this place? And I feel like listening to your podcast, I feel like you're quite the same way. In fact, it kind of surprised me when I found out you had not done psychedelics because of such of the deep questions that you ask and such profound curiosity about life that you have so i actually would love to throw that back on you is how how did you end up being like so interested in the nature of reality and life and death and all these quite deep topics yeah for sure i appreciate you asking i'll definitely answer that but then i want to know where where you start from as well so my, my kind of journey began when i really around like 20, 22, 23, when I exited, I used to be part of the US military, I was in the Marine Corps. And, and I got out and I and I asked a lot of questions for myself that I didn't really know could be asked. And and I left on a on a journey to, I basically, I, I couldn't be where I was from. I was from California and, and I needed a, a change in my life. And I, I ended up taking like selling everything I owned, went on a motorcycle trip, and just took off, just exploring the world. And then my my mindsets and my attitudes have been developed from there. And 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 as I you know went along and traveled and and asked questions, I I just kind of grew to to ask the same questions that you know you just talked about right now. Is like what is going on? Like what are we doing here? How how best can we I, I live this life? Whatever this is, you know what I mean? And so. You know, philosophy played like such has been playing such a huge role in that, and and just kind of understanding how, you know, what there is to what there is to do, what there is to see, and and how how best to live it, and and um you know, there's a whole whole host of things to explore within that, but um so I so I kind of want to like understand you as well. So what is it? What what was your initial experience in getting into these sort of you know esoteric topics? Like how 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 
how did it start for you? How old were you? What, what, what was your process like when you, when you came into exploring some of these questions? When I was 13 or 14, I had a really interesting experience where this random kid from school who was a grade above me, and I didn't really know him super well, but we would wait for the bus at the same bus stop to go to school. And one day, and I don't know what prompted him to say this, but he said, do you know that your thoughts create reality? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't know anything about that. He said, go to the library and pick up a book called Ask and It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And and you'll see. And I I went and got this book. And in the beginning of the book, there is an intro by Wayne Dyer. And he talks about how this book will change your life. And it's it's so bizarre because it did. It that book opened up my mind, my 14-year-old mind, <laughs> to the possibility that thoughts create reality. That this is in some sense more of a mental world than a physical world. And the idea that thoughts create reality was really exciting for me. And it kind of started this whole journey of exploring the mind. I think that book then led me to other authors and other esoteric teachings that further solidified those philosophies and mm -hmm. led me all the way to here. And then so when I discovered psychedelics, by that time, I was already a student of the mind, so to speak. So psychedelics were a great next step because it's like, okay, if you want to explore the mind, let's really explore the mind and dive into yeah, that. Totally. Um, that's that's really yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you know, you never know what might happen. What you you're just so unaware of like what what life puts in front of you and you have and and whenever something yeah. like that happens, it's so interesting to see like where where the um where the impact is going to is going to lie, you know what I mean? And so like just a mm -hmm. random kid on a bus one day, or it was on a bus, right? Um, like, we were we like, were waiting on the same bus stop, yeah. And, bus stop, and yeah. I wish I could remember his name because I <laughs> would love to tell him, hey, your random <laughs> comment made a huge impact on me. Yeah. It led me to years of reading Abraham Hicks and authors like Wallace Waddles and James mm -hmm. Allen and... You know, all these books that you find side by side around the power of the mind in the yeah. in the library. So very interesting. Yeah, what an impact, right? We never know what kind of comments we make to someone else or question or book mm -hmm. recommendation, how that can impact someone's life. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. I think that's one of those things I always think about. It's like what, what like what is happening right now that I'm like, what that's gonna impact me later on? I just have no idea. So how how do you how do you view so I guess I don't how do you view how, what was your experience like getting into to psychedelics how did, well, well, how did it start and um what was the impact it had on you so it started with funnily enough it started with an edible which technically is not a psychedelic you know it's mm -hmm. a, a weed edible and my friend sky he he gave me this edible and i was my first time trying anything like that and it was the first time where i felt my consciousness was shifted Mm -hmm. in the sense that I was still James, but there was a more awareness. There was a deeper awareness of the frequencies around me. And I just found that so fascinating because I don't think I've had that experience before. And from there, 
I think it was a month or two later, another friend offered to go camping and do LSD in nature. And it was both our first times doing it. And that was the first proper psychedelic trip. At that point, I was, because of the edible and kind of how it opened up the doors of perception for me and what was possible, I was a, I was a yes. I was like, yes, I want to do this. I want to try this. Mm-hmm. I think if it wasn't for the edible, I might have been more nervous or more hesitant. But now this curiosity was sparked within me. I'm like, if just a little edible can do that, what, what can LSD do? And yeah, the LSD was the first experience. I could go into how that went. And then after that, it was shrooms, then DMT, and Mm. then a few other things. Yeah. Yeah, So I I guess kind of go into like how, how, what was the process for you from the first experience of of doing or or of partaking in LSD to the next steps? Like how did it evolve? What was your evolution like there? Yeah. So the... The LSD trip was really cool because it was the perfect environment. You know, we were in a forest surrounded by other campsites, but they were all kind of friendly to psychedelics. So it was a great environment. Mm -hmm. And we were so innocent that we didn't know, like, is it okay to mix coffee, like to drink coffee in the morning (laughs) and then take LSD? (laughs) Because (laughs) we thought, what if there's some like weird effect that happens from one to the other? And for the record, you're totally okay. <laughs> you drink coffee. <laughs> so we had some coffee and then we took the, t- the tabs. Each, uh, each one of us took one tab. They were pretty strong tabs. Now that I've had more LSD experiences, I really appreciate that first one because it, mm. it was a pretty strong tab. And I think what started happening in about an hour is, again, you just start seeing more frequency of reality and like things start morphing a little bit and shifting a little bit. But it's not the hallucinations of, oh, there's like some red dragon that suddenly appears. It's more like you're seeing more detail in everything. So for example, it was raining and every drop that hit a leaf on the tree felt like music to my ears. It felt Mm -hmm. like just like such divine presence permeating through the whole forest. Um, And another cool experience on that trip was looking at a puddle and seeing my reflection and then seeing the layers of ego and protection that I had put on top of my core self, almost like seeing all the layers unfurl. And I'm like, wow, so the real me is way, way, way down there. And there's like all these layers of ego that are put on top. And I realized everyone is like that, essentially. We're all we're all at the party of life wearing masks. And I think when you connect deeply with someone, it's because they are taking that mask off for you and you're able to see more of their core essence. Mm. So it really tuned me into myself. From there, the evolution was, I think it was a month or two later, I just ended up at a festival and someone offered me shrooms. That was a mixed experience because the environment was not as conducive to solo deep mind exploration you know there was a lot of people a lot of energies but it was a good taste of of what was to come and i think from there from there i just uh, started exploring more shrooms and also dmt was a pivotal moment so it, it all kind of converged it's like once i opened that door different mm-hmm. opportunities and invitations started coming into my life and each trip would teach me something new about myself 
and each time I would learn how to navigate the, the terrain because when you first start doing psychedelics, if you haven't done enough research, it's easy to do it in the wrong environment or with the wrong people. And, and so every time you learn something like, okay, for the next trip, I need to do this, or I need to have water, or I need to have better music or like, you know, so you, you slowly calibrate your system to where I am now, five years later, is I can trip solo on a very deep dose of shrooms. And because I have navigated that space so much, I feel very comfortable tripping mm -hmm. solo where, where I think for in the beginning, you want a trip sitter or you want someone there to be with you just to make sure that that you're okay. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I get, I suppose it's more like you, um, you like build a relationship with whatever substance, uh, you, you're taking. Yeah. Partner. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Totally. Yeah. You know, there is a, there's an energy to each one of these substances. And one of my core tenets is I never want to destroy the relationship or break the trust that I have with these substances. Mm. I feel like they've never let me down. But sometimes mm -hmm. I let them down if mm. I do something not intentionally or I do it yeah. in the wrong environment. And totally. if you do something unintentionally, you could create a trust wound in yourself and you could blame the plant medicine or the shroom or the DMT. You could blame the substance for it. But actually, it's usually just your own resistance and your own lack of preparation that led yeah. you to that moment. So I've been very grateful that I've been able to keep the trust and the relationship, especially with shrooms. They're so friendly and they're so, they've never, they've never let me down. They've always mm. just given me and given me more lessons, more wisdom, more beauty, even in the hard trips. Mm -hmm. Now I get excited for the hard trips. I'm like, okay, that means there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get into it. Let's dive there's in. A, there's always a lot of work to do. No, it's really interesting. And, and you know, like you touched on, like I've never, I've never personally done psychedelics at this point yet, but it's um, my, my relationship with um, like altered states of consciousness has definitely, it would definitely, it came in a couple of ways. I mean, one being um, my relationship with um, cannabis and that, that's been huge for me because like, obviously it's not, it's not shrooms for or LSD, it's not like a psychedelic in that sense, but for me, it's been an incredibly spiritual and it's been incredibly eye-opening for me in terms of understanding myself, understanding what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be doing it. And and this isn't, you know, this, I think it's like with any substance, alcohol, you know, psychedelics, weed, whatever, like everybody has their own, every, everybody's bodies and minds are going to react different to it. And for me, it's been such a, it's such a good thing for me. And it's hard to, it's kind of hard to describe sometimes because, you know, a lot of people react adversely to weed or they can, you know, you know, they, they kind of view it as like, oh, I did in high school or like I smoked way too much weed and like and my weed became my personality and I'm just like, you know, that type of person. But for me, it's like, it's very, very different. And, 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 and I can relate in the sense that I feel this relationship to, to cannabis that is very much like a very respectful thing. And, and, and if I don't cherish that, if I don't think about that, th there, there are, I, I have always, I've always maintained that. I've always maintained my respect towards it because I'm very sensitive to it. And I don't have to smoke mm -hmm. much for me to get an, an, an experience that is, is um, enlightening for me. Uh, that in conjunction with like my, my meditation practice and, and understanding myself just through my own 
kind of baseline consciousness in that sense. It's been it's been very interesting to dive into that world of consciousness and try to understand what it looks like and and understand what it means. And and you've touched on like how we you know this kind of unlayering of the self and and for me, I want to know how 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 you view your sense of self. Like what what is your sense of self to you and and how has it been how has it been deconstructed to you? Mm. What a deep question. I love it. I think my sense of self, I mean, I, I can talk about how it's changed over the years with psychedelics. I find that my mind is more quiet. I suppose this is the same benefit that people get from meditation long term. I find that I can I can separate myself from my thoughts. There's like more of a gap and a space. Whereas my younger self would get really pulled into the drama of life. I'm way more detached now. And detached doesn't mean checked out. I, I can still be very present, but I'm not as attached to the cacophony of thoughts that that might be telling some sort of story around what's happening. So that's been a really beautiful way of tapping into that presence within you that doesn't speak it's just there. It's the pure awareness. It's, I guess, what some teachers call the, the I am. That's just like pure awareness. And that's been really beautiful. And also, I find that on psychedelics, I tap into what some people might call the higher self. It's like the highest, most truest version of you. The version of you that is the most truthful, the most courageous, the most loving, the most compassionate. And when you do a psychedelic trip, I, f I feel like I connect with that very deeply. And then if I do the homework and the integration after the trip, I get to bring a piece of that back. And mm -hmm. so with every trip, it's like I'm getting a little bit closer to my ideal self, to my most truthful and authentic self. Yeah. Uh, so you're, so yeah. you're viewing self as like a, is like a, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you kind of see it as a, um, like a, I I I I would like you to put it in your own words, but like a, a an aspiration or like something to to reach towards. Is that correct? The higher self, yes. The higher self. Okay. I feel like it's a it's a maybe not an aspiration. Maybe it's it's a piece of you that is operating on a higher level than the human you. So it's like imagine if you're playing a video game, and mm -hmm. you your current self. Evan is the video game character in this video game called Earth or Life. Mm. But then there is another aspect of you, a bigger you, that's on the couch with the controllers. Gotcha. But we forget about that part of us because mm. we want to be immersed in the game. So yes. we don't see the controllers. And maybe the link between those two is intuition for, for a lot of people. And like that gut feeling, I feel like that's mm. communication from our higher self. Yes. Okay. Interesting. And I get this is this is kind of touching on something that I think about, especially in terms of like um, when I hear conversations on psychedelics or people who have had you know a plethora of experiences um, with them. You know, we I think a lot of people can exit at least from at least from like an outside perspective. I feel like you psychedelic experiences uh, a common um, a common idea behind it is like you can leave with a conflated sense of of how the world works or like a fundamental nature to reality and i'm not sure if that's something you would agree with like what in your opinion do you um 
do you give to a psychedelic experience as it pertains to like comprehending or understanding the underlying nature of existence? For me personally, I feel like it's given me more truth about reality. I'll, I'll give you an example. So I mentioned DMT was a pivotal experience for me. And I've told this story on my YouTube, but I feel like it's it's a very important story of the very first moment where I smoked DMT, I had this feeling of almost like a I knew it because all my life there was a sense of there must be more to reality than meets the eye. There must mm. be, it cannot be just like the 3D solid tangible stuff. I, I feel there's a spiritual energy, but I never had the, the proof of that. And yeah. so I turned to books and esoteric teachings, but then there is still that little tiny piece of you that's like, but is it true? And mm -hmm. I feel like with DMT, it so clearly gave me that feeling of knowingness and also showed me visualizations of frequency and energy that I was blown away by it. And, and I came out of that experience feeling like I had found something that I'd been searching all my life. Mm. Um, it was the experience of the extraordinary. And because all my life I wanted to see something non-ordinary, like, like a piece of God or or even a UFO or an out-of-body experience. Like, show me yeah. something that's not of this world, which is kind of a funny thing to say because everything is of your world. Yeah. Um, but I wanted something not of the ordinary world. And DMT was a pivotal moment for me. And ever since then, I find shrooms also do that as well, maybe more gently than DMT. They They tend to show me what I feel is the true nature of reality. So I, I, I start to understand more deeply that there is no separation between the inner and the outer. And this is what yep. so many teachings talk about of like, your mind creates reality. And we get that on a mental level, but I feel like psychedelics give it to me on an emotional and spiritual level. So it's more harmonized and I, I come away with a deeper understanding of reality. Definitely. Yeah, but you really, you mentioned the word conflating. So so how do you how did you mean that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't didn't mean it any sort of like um it wasn't uh, meant to downgrade or the experience or anything at all. I think I was coming at it more from the perspective that it can be perceived that way by other people mm -hmm. by by different societies and different standards that we have. There there are there are ways to perceive a, a psychedelic experience from an outside perspective, and that's the only perspective I can come at, but that that might be like, oh yeah, these people, you know, they went into the woods and they took shrooms and then all of a sudden they know <laughs> the answers to life. And you know what I mean? And it's so I think that's kind of like a common, a common uh, perception that certain people can come to that kind of makes makes people a little bit wary of 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 yeah, of, of, yeah. of people that have gone undergone certain experiences within psychedelics. And and you know, it's like nobody has everything figured out, but then this guy online. I'm not saying you, just like some person online just is like, oh yeah, like this guy figured out all the answers and like now he's telling me and he's telling me it's because he did ayahuasca. And it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I guess that's what I meant is like, what what is your sense behind that? Like, how, how do you view that sort yeah. of idea? You know what I mean? No, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I'd love to touch on that because I think it's not that you have all the answers from psychedelic. It's just that you've you've looked at life through more lenses. We're constantly mm -hmm. wearing these metaphorical lenses every mm -hmm. day. 
and and they change through the years like anyone who's gone from depression to to joy they know that they're wearing fundamentally different lenses the world yeah. itself has not changed they're just looking at the world from a different standpoint so mm-hmm. the metaphor that came to mind when you were talking about this is the person who is well traveled and has traveled the world versus the person who has only lived in one country mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean the person who traveled the world is fundamentally smarter or knows the answers or knows all the cultures mm-hmm. but they have more inputs they've they've seen different countries and different ways of living and so when they come back to their own country they are operating with I would say more wisdom and more experience and more learning because of just the variety of lenses that they've put on with each country that they visited and every nation that they've met. And I feel like psychedelics is like traveling but for the mind. And yep. and so I've traveled to the DMT realm and to the shroom realm and the ayahuasca realm and each one is unique in its own way and has taught me different things and also uh parallel things that flow across every trip like mm-hmm. unconditional love and unity and and like all these core aspects and themes of humanity so i think the travel metaphor kind of speaks well to that it's like the well traveled man is not does not have all the answers but he certainly has more inputs and more ways of looking at the world yeah definitely really interesting yeah i'm glad i'm glad um i i really like the way you kind of put that but at the same time how do you view how do you view the re- the relationship between the the experience itself and the reflections on the experience because you know you can go through you can go through all these adventures you can go through all these you know realms or what however you 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 view them and not necessarily reflect on it or integrate it in a the most healthy way or the the way that you that it might need to be integrated for um uh, i guess for th- within the right way of um kind of displaying what you just went through you know what i mean and and how 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 do you view that where where people can might have the possibility of of misrepresenting an experience mm. you know i've thought about this and it came up in another conversation recently this week sort of the exact same question interestingly enough and i think Personally I think even if someone just does psychedelics and they don't integrate which is not recommended <laughs> you should mm-hmm. always integrate but even if they just do the psychedelics I think it'll fundamentally do something in the background of their psyche that will create some interesting ripples but where psychedelics are most powerful is definitely when you can bring a piece of that experience into your day-to-day reality and it's so personal and different for for everyone and for every trip typically what happens with my mushroom trips is whatever i've been thinking about the whole last week or the whole last two weeks all the challenges issues resentments everything will come flowing up in the trip it, it'll 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 come to the surface to be worked on and the mushrooms will provide their own perspective in it i remember vividly one time i had a fight with someone very close to me and i was convinced that they were in the wrong and i was in the right which is such an ego yeah. human thing to do <laughs> and 
And I thought, so I tried to work on it on my own. And then a week later, you know, I was still feeling so much pent up resentment around this. I said, I know what to do. I'm going to do a mushroom trip because for sure I'm going to get a different perspective on this. And what do you think? Do you think the mushrooms agreed with me that it was all their fault? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> totally not. They, they, they actually showed me how it could also be viewed that it was all my fault. They took no biased side. They really just were very intent on showing me the truth of how we had both co-created this, how it takes two to tango. And, and I came away from that. First of all, the resentment was gone because I've realized the only person I could be mad at was me and completely let that person off the hook because I realized like just from that mushroom perspective, I realized huh, I did create a lot of this. And if I change the way I'm viewing this, then there's actually no problem. So I would say that's an example of how one can integrate the experience. Like yeah. if it hasn't fundamentally changed how you think, then then you're maybe just doing them for entertainment, which is also okay, I think, if that's the intention. But if you want to use it for personal growth, the idea is can you bring a piece of it back and integrate it into your life? Yeah, definitely. I, this is this is really important. I feel like this is with anything you do in your life is like what is your intention behind it? You know what I mean? It's like you can you could be doing you could utilize you could look at anything you do, anything you take part in, anything that you 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 ingest. And and it's all with it's all needs to be put into the context of what do you what do you want to get out of it? You know what I mean? How 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 mindful are you of what you're doing here and why are you doing it? And you know, and it doesn't just pertain to psychedelics. It's like the food you put in your body, where you go to mm -hmm. work, how you how you get there, like what relationships are you putting, what relationship are you giving your time to? It's like what is your intention behind all of these things that you're doing? And that's that's where that's where this is, I think mainly where people we can we can we can get sort of hung up and 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 it's like we we need to we need to become more aware of what our intentions are with what we're doing because without without that we're kind of just with without that intention or like w with that intention it's 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 a it's a more it puts a more 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 of a serious emphasis on how we're going about life and mm -hmm. and you get so much more from the experiences when we are actually putting a thoughtful approach to what we're doing. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. I think intentionality is one of the biggest lessons psychedelics taught me. There's no end to how intentional you can be. You can always be a little bit more intentional. One technique I learned from a friend is imagine you're directing life, like you're the director of your movie. And so how do you want the next scene of your life to feel? How are you as the main actor in your movie going to show up? Mm -hmm. How, what is the script like? What are you, which is like, what thoughts are you thinking and what mm -hmm. words are you saying? So looking at life from the point of view of, I can direct this experience, even if it seems like there's outside forces or events happening, I actually have a lot of, con not control, but I have a lot of, um, yeah, control over the way I view it and intentionality, I think, is is the key to that. Um, yeah, always coming yeah, at it is like, what is my intention? 
why am I showing up to this conversation? Why am I in this relationship? Why am I going to this job? Why am I creating this video? You know, it's like everything you can add a little bit more thought and meaning behind it. And I think that's really cool. Definitely. It's like, goes back to, you know, just living a an examined life, you know, because without that, we are, I think that's the, the thing is like, we we get so lost, we get so caught up and with our thoughts and with our experiences. And then one day we kind of like wake up in some sort of state of mind and how, uh, however we might, might have gotten there. And we kind of realize like, hey, what are we actually doing here? You know what I mean? Like, how are we going about these things? And, and that's, I think from, from that point on, it's like your, your choice in a way to start learning how to examine as much as you possibly can because without that we're just flowing in some sort of direction which we're really not we're not really giving much credit to or much thought towards what i want to ask you you touched on duality a bit so like you know this this idea and this is something that i've been thinking about a lot which is how we view our our minds separate from the world and, and and the world separate from our minds and and you know, I think like inherently we have this kind of into we we have like this sort of intuition that like this is my body and this is the world and they're separate. But then when you think about how they are separate, they're not separate, and it's all the same thing. It's all we're all we're all part of this sort of like singular being, the singular existence. So how how have you thought about duality in in that sense, and and um what what has shaped your thinking surrounding that? Hmm. Great question. I think a big influence that shaped my thinking was the works of Neville Goddard. He was an author from the 1900s and he talks a lot about how essentially this is a mental world and your imagination creates all of it. And that this 3D world is like a shadow of the fourth dimension, which is completely mental. And and the way we access that is through feeling and imagination. Um, And then I think psychedelics also were a huge influence for me because on a psychedelic trip, you experience so much synchronicity. So like if you're in a bad mood or some facing some sort of resistance in the trip, it actually starts manifesting physically like the fire alarm will go off or like some neighbor will rev their motorcycle like super loudly at the exact moment that I'm having like some really challenging moment. And then the moment I become peaceful or find some sort of compassion or forgiveness in that moment, everything will quiet down and everything will get really still and flowy and smooth. And, you know, you might think, well, that's a coincidence, but I've seen it so often on these trips So I believe real life, like the day-to-day reality is exactly the same. It's just there's a little bit more of a delay. So we don't make the link between our mind and the outside world. But I I definitely think there's a huge, huge link. Yeah, I feel like my belief is it's all one consciousness being manifested. And so the illusion of, it's, it's an illusion of separation. It's an illusion of you are you and someone else is them or um i think it's all it's all melded together one one energy yeah would you be able to talk more about the um you said there's kind of like a a delay what what, what were you what were you talking about in terms of that delay yeah so i feel like you have an argument with someone one day 
And then the next day, things just go sideways and they go like little things happen that that drive you nuts. And we don't make the connection between our mood yesterday having a ripple effect into the next day. And the reason someone, let's say, got into a car accident might not be because someone made a left turn the wrong way. It might be because their mood and their feelings and something that they basically created it mentally and the car accident or some event is a symbolic manifestation of that. So I don't know if this sounds nuts for your audience, but it's it's essentially like, <laughs> I, I feel like when you really get the hang of it and you start paying attention to your life, you start seeing it everywhere. For A, a really great example is when people fall in love, that first month, the honeymoon, everything is flowing well in your life. Like not only the love, but like your job and money and your business and like things are just flowing. Mm-hmm. And the flip side, when someone gets into some sort of traumatic event, it just starts rippling out across all areas of their life. So I think the delay I was mentioning is more like, I feel like there's ripples being created all the time, but sometimes those ripples are not instantaneous. You don't see them until a day later or a week later or even a month later. But in fact, it's something you first created in your mind. And Mm -hmm. psychedelics, for me, they shorten that delay. Somehow it heightens everything. And so Mm -hmm. whatever you're thinking in the moment, it starts manifesting very quickly. Like I've gotten texts on my phone related to something that I was thinking about on a psychedelic trip and it's like from people that have not reached out to me in months or something it's it's a bizarre activation of energy that brings so much manifestation to you interesting i so well, i want to know what you think about so i i get i so I, I think i understand what you're saying a bit clearer um the way i think about this sort of thing is like it's not it's not you know our actions obviously have a ripple effect everything we do now affects everything that is happening now not just what mm-hmm. we do, but just everything that is happening now is affecting what's going to happen this next moment and then the next day and the next year. It all is correlated, like you said, like this butterfly effect. But our attitude towards it is what dictates how we feel about it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I guess I'm seeing it not necessarily as like a delay, but rather, or like an effect, but rather our our mental attitude towards what is happening because anything that anything can happen to us there's a lot of things that can happen to us but it's our it's our way of it's our way of how much how much what 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 type of credit we give to it that affects what we feel about it so for an example like you said you know you fall in love and then everything is just amazing and everything just starts to happen and uh, you know every everything seems to like fall into place around your life and th- you know is that not more of an attitude towards life rather than an effect or or you know when somebody dies or when somebody something traumatic happens to somebody we mm. we we start to build an attitude around life that that correlates or that that then permeates through how we perceive everything else that is happening to us. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not necessarily, it might not necessarily be like this um, delay or, or like a, 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 an effect, like I said, but rather just our perception of things. 
So the big question in your question is, do circumstances cause the attitude or does the attitude cause the circumstance? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Neville Goddard, the author I mentioned, would argue the attitudes creates the circumstance. But most people are reacting to circumstance. So they are allowing life to move them instead of starting from the attitude and letting the attitude move life. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of works both ways, right? So once you create something in the 3D reality, you can observe it and it'll continue causing the same trigger and the same attitude. And so you could then point at that thing and say, that event, which was traumatic, is the reason I'm the way I am today. But there, I think there's an argument to be made that it's your continued attitude about it that continues to create the effects of that, not the event itself. And then extending that further, would it be true to say that if you can right now in this moment create a new attitude and nothing has changed yet in your reality, but you hold on to this new attitude of optimism or a new attitude of love or a new attitude of self-love, will you start seeing effects of that in your reality? And I would say yes. And I've seen it in my life. And I'm sure you've also experienced that in your life where it's, it's like the attitude came first before there was any physical manifestation. And then the floodgates open and things start appearing to match that attitude. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely agree with that. It's it's like this. It's like you you find some sort of you find some. I fa- I found grounding within a certain attitude, and that attitude is is like love at the base of everything. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 learn to kind of see different parts of like what love is, and 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 you see different parts of like how to manifest. Or I I I, I guess I wouldn't. Uh, the word manifest is kind of something I don't really use, but it's it's like this way to kind of ground yourself in some in a in a in an under, underlying like principle you know what i mean mm-hmm. for your for your life in order to keep that keep that through whatever the highs and lows you're about to go through you know what i mean so like you know you could go through traumatic experiences you can go through super uh incredible experiences and it's it's all based on your it it, it all ultimately how you feel about those experiences is based on your attitude surrounding them. So, you know, we, we, it's like, it's almost like a stoic kind of, kind of philosophy behind it where you're like, we're able to take whatever happens and, and, and implant your, your already grounded philosophy behind life. And, and it's like, okay, whatever happens, like there's a purpose to it. There's, there's a reason. And I'm, and I'm going to try to do my best to find the silver lining, to find the love and to, to move that in a direction where I'm not going to get stuck in like this turmoil or whatever. And you just kind of, you, you, you implement that philosophy onto everything else you're going to, everything else that may or may not happen. And once you, when you, when you're able to do that effectively, it's, it becomes, you know, life becomes kind of this, um, this kind of way It's different. You just have a different way of thinking about life, but I think it's kind of the constant struggle of finding a way to remember to do that as much as you mm-hmm. can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. that, it's like a constant back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to the awareness of it because it's easy to lose yourself in the game of life and just react to everything mm-hmm. as it comes to you. 
And I think that's why meditation is so important for people and also tools like psychedelics because it's like for a moment you create a space between your reaction to life and life itself. And in that space, you can create a new direction. Like you ever meditate and maybe you're having like a really busy day, but you lie down for a sec and just like sit still with your mind and you let the thoughts simmer down. And then in that relaxed state, you realize what's truly important. And like the overwhelming day suddenly becomes manageable because you realize all the things you've been worrying about, you can just put them off to the side and this one thing needs to get done. And I think that's that's a key part of that anyone can apply to their life is find that space in the day, whether it's in the morning or middle of the day or at night, where you can pause life and just sit with your thoughts and see what kind of new directions do you want to activate. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, this is kind of in the same vein as something else I want to talk to. Like, what what is it? What is it to you that is your personal? How would you describe your personal belief system? Like, how do you how do you ground yourself? And what is it? What is it you tell yourself that you are grounded in? Mm, beautiful question. Okay, some of the things I ground myself in. Life is working out for me. This is a training ground for my soul. That's something that I always come back to. So any challenge that I experience, it's just training. It's like going to the gym and life is one big, big training workout. That's one thing. Um, the idea that this is an illusion, sometimes I forget that, but reminding yourself like this is as real as this feels, it is also ultimately a dream of the consciousness that ties into my philosophy. And then I think the biggest key of it is the idea that we are creators. We have this power to create our lives through thoughts and energy and frequency and action as well. But the action will flow from you from the mindset you have. So coming back to that and also something Emmett Fox, one of my favorite authors, he talks a lot about this, how this is a mental world. So get the mental equivalent of what you desire first before chasing it in the physical. Mm, that's interesting. So you're, you're, you're supposed to be like mentally, is it almost like a preparation for, for a physical, a physical kind of creation or, or how, how, how do you view that? Yeah, you you mentally you mentally receive the thing before you receive it in the 3D. And it's a it's a practice that I'm still working with. So by no means am I perfect at this. But the idea is if you want for example, if you want success in some endeavor or some project, you must first really feel it and know it inside. And that knowingness, once you hit that knowingness, you'll naturally start taking the actions that lead you to that destiny. Mm. But the person who does not reach that knowingness will find themselves struggling to reach their objective because they haven't got it in the in the in the mental mind. And a great great metaphor someone told me once around this is if you took Arnold Schwarzenegger and he woke up in the body of someone who's like super unfit how long do you think it would be before that 
new body that he has, he would he would like all of his mindsets and training and discipline would kick in. And probably within three to six months, there would be a massive change in that person's life. So it just goes to show that, you know, Arnold has that mental equivalent of what fitness is. So it doesn't matter what body he wakes up in, he's going to find his way back to that equivalent in the physical. And I think the same is true for wealth. Like if, if Jeff Bezos woke up tomorrow and living in a one bedroom apartment somewhere, I, I like, I don't know, <laughs> like imagine a, a scenario of like, he has no money and let's say very little privilege. And maybe the only privilege he has is he lives in America. How soon would he find his way back to a successful business? I, I would mm. guess very, very quickly, he would find his way back because he's got the mental equivalent of what success and entrepreneurship in this capitalistic society, what that means to him. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, it's like, um, yeah, it, it's, it is your, it goes back to like, it goes back to an attitude about something about life. Yeah. How, how do you, how are you mentally framing your experience and then your mental framework then dictates your physical creations. And so, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, so I, you know, this kind of leads into a question that, um, I, I, I wanted to ask you, especially pertaining to your, your views on, on consciousness, like as, as somebody who is a, is a self-described, you know, consciousness explorer, um, (laughs) how, 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 how do you view, how do you view um, your exploration within consciousness, do you view it from more from a, like a, a, an analytical perspective or more from a spiritual perspective or, or, or a mix mm. of both? Like, how do you, how are you, how are you viewing your, your journey into, into experience as? Oh man, these are deep questions. I love it. I think my initial instinct was to say spiritual, but I think there's an analytical part of me that also loves analyzing reality and analyzing consciousness and Mm -hmm. especially when i'm tripping i love to understand like so there was a mushroom trip i did a couple weeks ago where i went outside and sat on the beach and just looked at the ocean while on mushrooms and that experience of seeing the ocean and the waves and the the froth on the waves and little droplets of the waves through the eyes of the psychedelic trip was so like it took my breath away it was so beautiful and and also i think in that moment i'm analyzing and i'm being like ooh okay so how are the mushrooms viewing the ocean why is it so different from the way i see the ocean in my day-to-day normal state default mode trying to understand that and it's the ultimate mystery of like how it can be so different um but then, yeah, coming back to your question, I think spiritually, I try to trace it back to what does what do all these trips and these explorations, how do they actually tie back to my spiritual path? Like, what does it mean for my soul's evolution on this life? Like, how does it impact my life? How does it impact my my view on reality? And how does it make me a better person? Or a more authentic person, let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it is it for you? Um, when you, when you describe spirituality, what what is it that you what is it that you think of when you when you think about your spiritual 
attitude or, or what spirituality is? Hmm. I think in the beginning, it was a curiosity about the nature of reality. I really wanted to know, is there more to reality than the physical? Now that I've gotten proof of that in ample ways, now I would say spirituality to me means connection with the absolute, connection with God, connection with source, connection with your higher self. How, how can I allow the power of the divine to permeate my life? And I don't think I would have spoken about these things like this years ago, but it's but the the deeper I go into these explorations, the more the word God comes up, but not in a religious sense, in just the truest, most absolute sense of the word, the mm. the all that is, and being fascinated by how how my life flows in these really interesting directions, and they're there are these invisible helping hands, so to speak, guiding our lives. Like there really are. And I think everyone who starts tuning into that is going to start seeing more and more evidence of that. Um, just like when you look back at your life, isn't it just crazy how <laughs> certain things lead to certain things? And yes. if you hadn't met that person, you wouldn't have moved countries. And then if you hadn't moved countries, you wouldn't have done this. And yeah. you look at it and you're like, Oh, this is like, there's an intelligent design behind this. There is like some trippy things going on here. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's, I think, that, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned this. I'm really glad you mentioned this topic because it is, um, you know, it's something that I've been thinking about um, quite a bit has been the, the idea of like my relationship to what God is. And that's, and that's such an interesting thing because like, I, I believe like like you said, I I wouldn't have been talking about it this way a few years ago. Like I I would I mean a few years ago I was definitely not a spiritual like you know four or five years ago I was not a spiritual person and I'm not a religious person by by any means. But the idea of what God is for me has become like this like you said like this everythingness whatever whatever that is I don't you can call it God you can call it existence you can call it just being like I don't know I don't there's really you know God is just like a word in my in my, from my viewpoint um and I don't know if you would view it differently differently but from my viewpoint like God is just it's just an it's just a word that we came up with to describe whatever this is and it's not it's not you know it's not like to me it's not like it's not like this div divine being in the sky with a beard that's gonna like judge me it's this it's just everythingness that we are it's an incomprehensible everythingness and and I, and and it, and, it, and, it, and my words will inherently fall short at describing what that what this is because it it is it is incomprehensible and I, it is not something that can be understood and 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 it's not it's not as if i think that that is um you know it, it's I, I i i just have to admit my own my own ignorance in this in this subject because it's like there there is this there is an inherent um there is an inherent ignorance ig ignorance to humans when we try to comprehend these things when we try to explain and talk about these things because there is um there's just so much that is 
unknowing, unknowable. And I, and I'm not even, I don't know if it's in, like, I don't know the, I, I haven't really thought about like the intelligence of it. Like, you know, like, like you mentioned, like this intelligent design or anything. And, and I thought about that for more from a religious perspective, but not necessarily from the perspective that I've, I've thought about it recently, but whatever, whatever it is, is just being. And, and, and to me, that's such an interesting, it's like, it's everything. And that, that's like what you want to explore more. You know what I mean? It's, it's being itself. And, 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 um, I kind of want to know what your, what your relationship to, to God is a bit, a bit further. Hmm. Or yeah. whatever you would describe it as, you know, like how, however you would describe it as. I feel like anything I'm going to say is going to fall short <laughs> of my experience of it. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I was younger, I think I had a very murky idea of what God was. So I, didn't, I didn't feel a personal connection to it, but it made sense to me, let's say logically, that there might be some sort of higher being. But now... I see God as a couple of definitions came to mind. One is God is consciousness. Mm. God is this like spark of life that permeates through everything. Another definition would be like God is love. It's like this, mm -hmm. this unconditional love that is in every flower, tree, animal, and human, and every planet and every star. It's like it's made of love why psychedelics have been so important to me was because it felt to me like I was able to experience that deep love and that deep presence and that awareness and consciousness that I would call God, especially on DMT and ayahuasca. It truly feels like you're connecting with something divine, something bigger than your small life on earth. And there is also a sense of infinity. There's a sense of the spark that is you, the consciousness that is you, is not going to flicker out when you die. It, it goes on forever. The vehicle that you're in, the body you're in, will, will flicker out of existence. But the, the awareness that is the I am within you continues forever. And I mm -hmm. think that that sense of infinity is is very prevalent for me on DMT. And then also what comes up when we talk about God is that we are pieces of God as well. We are these little gods playing humans, <laughs> but we're, you know, it's it's all one mind, one God, but in a sense, imagine like the Big Bang created all these little fragments of God. And so that they could play with each other and interact with each other. Because if you're a god, you're all alone. It's a little bit lonely. So yeah. you probably want to create these games of, of life on earth so that you can have this dance with other energies. But at the root of it, at the core of it, I think it's one energy, one intelligence, one consciousness. And so when I connect with God, it feels like I'm connecting to the intelligence that knows all. It's like the ultimate AI. Mm. You, you, you mentioned two very interesting points. And, and one I, I definitely agree with being, for me, that's the way, I, the way I view God is like this, 
love. I don't I don't know. Like I think it's like the one thing that I can point to where it's like if all my if all my doubt and my worries and all my problems like that if that if I can give any sort of if I can relinquish that in any sort of way, it's through it's through love. It's through that's like the only mm-hmm. thing that I mm-hmm. I can't I can trust in in a in a way. And there's a many there's many many different ways that that manifests, and there's many ways in which I fall short of that. But it's it's the it's like knowing that I can always trust that, and and that will always lead me in the right direction. And mm-hmm. having that is like this it's 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 this idea that whatever existence is god being whatever you want to call it that is at the core of everything love is at the core of everything that i am trying to attempt to do and and i don't you know i i've i i i greatly um fall short of that every day but i'm constantly trying to you know get to that mm-hmm. and to constantly touch that as much as i can in the in the best way I possibly can. You remind me of something Abraham Hicks taught me. So they have a, a really cool theory of your higher self, the part of you that's like even closer to God, is always vibrating at the level of love. And then mm. your human self kind of like flicks in and out of love depending on the mood and the circumstances. But the mm. reason we can feel bad is because our higher self is holding the love frequency. And so we feel disharmony because there is that that constant pulse of love being emitted by God. That's why when we feel love, we feel so in harmony and so connected. It's because now there's a parallel of frequencies. There's a there's a the tune, it's like a tuning fork. You're you're mm. tuned into the same frequency. And the only reason we can feel shitty is because we are in disharmony with the all that is, which is love. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it's also important to to mention uh, when we just when like this sort of thing is being talked about, we are inherently not like we we make all these metaphors, we make all these different ways of describing what this is and what you know everything that we've talked about. It's all. It's all under the uh, assumption that like we are still falling short of what that is. You know what I mean? It's like we mm-hmm. we we still aren't fully like the you know when we talk about when you talk about like frequencies or pulse, like that's just a human. It's like a human way of describing what this is. It's what what we are, what is going on, and what is might or may may or may not be the case. And yeah. and and that's still an important. It's an important way of describing things, but still fall short of what actually is you know what i mean and you know because we won't we, we just we we won't be able to describe what is actually there because we we as humans the, in the in the way we are now like that's that is not um something that is being able to be comprehended in that in that sort of way and i think that's okay i think that's okay yeah. because if 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 we knew fully what god was we would be God, like we we wouldn't be human. <laughs> a metaphor that comes to mind is the two-dimensional line can never truly know what a third-dimensional cube is. It mm. can make approximations, but only yeah. the cube knows what the third dimension is. And 
we can never fully grasp what the fourth dimension is because we're so in the third dimension. And I feel yeah. like God being all dimensions and all that is, of course, we are going to have a little bit of trouble <laughs> describing the enormity of that. And <laughs> yeah. that's the fun of it. Yeah, no, definitely. That's like, that's what everything is, is like, just that's, that's what makes, that's what makes everything so interesting because there's, there's this constant mystery and we're trying to understand it. And to me, and, and I'm sure you could, I'm sure you would probably think very similarly um, to, to the way I'm describing it. It's sort of like this, the most interesting thing is to, is the most interesting thing I could possibly do with my life is to learn about what that what life is in and of itself, mm -hmm. like what is it, you know? And mm -hmm. so, I think that's that's something that um that always I, I always think about when I'm when I'm thinking about like why why are these why why am I interested in these sorts of things? Like why am I why why is this what I my mind is constantly on? Is because like for me personally, the most interesting thing to think about is what 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 where are we anyways? You know how how, how what is this? And you know I think that's yeah. kind of the question a lot of people ask themselves when they. And they kind of get into this way of thinking or this, these sorts of topics. It's such a privilege to be able to think about all of these things because we're not in full-on survival mode. Mm -hmm. We can step back and really examine what this is all about. And yeah, it's a blessing to be able to explore that. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I, I want to talk to you about one of, I think, the most well, it's a topic that I I thought I think like everyone thinks heavily about, and one that has I've 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 really evolved in my relationship towards, and that is the topic of of death. And when when I mention death, what is it that you what is it that you feel? How do how do you feel about um, the the idea of death? The next great adventure. <laughs> You know, you asked me earlier in the conversation, what are some of the like, core tenets of my personal beliefs? And mm -hmm. I think one of the core tenets is, that is being solidified as the years go on is there is no death. Like mm -hmm. I truly have come to terms with the fact that we are infinite energy and there, there is a transition from this realm to something else. But the idea that you die and somehow there is this like black box of nothingness is just becomes a little more ludicrous the longer the longer mm. you think about it so death to me is what the words that come to mind is mystery also something that comes to mind is dmt because on dmt the feeling you get when you do a breakthrough trip is it feels like dying if dying was the most beautiful thing that ever happened to you. Wow. It feels like a return to home. Like this was this tourist destination and that like the home of your soul, it's like it felt like a returning to that, a returning to love. Yeah, that's what comes up for death is is actually a return to home. So yeah, this is this is something that kind of um, a lot of people touch on with psychedelic experiences like the idea of dying like i i i died you know what i mean and it's like that's that's what mm -hmm. i hear all the time about you know people who have undergone that sort of thing and so what what would you be able to expand more on the the process of what you felt there like how 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 
dying through a mm-hmm. psychedelic experience, how, how, how you've internalized that and, and how that's, how you've built a relationship around the idea of death through, through the process of, of going through an experience like that. So, yes. So this was the deepest, the deepest DMT trip I've ever done. And it was intentional. Up until that point, I'd only done what I would call these hybrid experiences. So you smoke a little bit of DMT and you're still here. You can still see reality, but you're not fully there, but you're not fully here. You're like in this in-between place. As a beginner at the time, it was a very, really good place to explore because you don't feel so afraid of the unknown because you can keep keep yourself a little bit more grounded. But eventually I got curious and I kept hearing about what they call the breakthrough dose, which is where you fully leave your body. And and so I asked my friend who facilitated these trips, I said, I want to do one and let, let's do it. And um, we're at his place. I asked him, should I keep my eyes open or closed? Because in a mushroom trip, it makes a big difference. It's like, do you want to go into the internal world or stay in your room and like experience the external world? And he said, it doesn't matter. I said, how how can it be that it doesn't matter? Like, I want to do this properly. <laughs> Should I keep my eyes open or closed? <laughs> he said, you can keep them open. It, it won't matter. So I'm like, okay, I'll keep them open. Yeah, so give me he brings, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he brings the pipe to me and he lights it up and the the process is you take a big inhale in and you hold the dmt smoke in your lungs for as long as possible so that the molecule can have a chance to interact with your body um and i'm so nervous like he would bring the pipe close to me and i'd be like wait 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 i'm not ready and we would sit for like a few seconds because i had these major jitters (laughs) because i knew what a small dmt trip even that was intense and i'm like i I want to do this, but I'm kind of scared shitless. Um, and he would bring it to me again. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, I'm not ready. Finally, I got the courage. Bas- basically, I asked myself, how badly do I want to see what's on the other side? And I'm like, I, I do want to see this. I do. I intend <laughs> to see this, right? Talking about intention. Yeah. So finally, he brings it close to me. I take a big gulp of the smoke. And I open my eyes, I keep them open within maybe five seconds of holding in my breath with the DMT in me, the whole room, it's like it explodes in a million little Minecraft pixels as if Mm. it's made out of Legos or something. And I am in this other realm that I can only describe as more real than real, like so ultra sharp and vivid and full of these incredible geometric 5D structures that you could not possibly paint or recreate in this realm. I blink my eyes and I can feel my eyelash touching my face, but nothing changes in the vision. Mm. Like I am in that world and I can just feel the remnants of my eyelid closing and opening. Nothing changes in the uh, vision, which is very spooky. And then within five more seconds, the eyelashes are gone. The body is gone. It felt like death in the sense that my body was completely gone. But yet I was still alive. I could perceive. I was aware. And I could see things. 
but they were not of a physical nature. And I felt this overwhelming sense of love, this overwhelming sense of a return to home, a return almost like I didn't personally see entities. People talk about DMT entities, but I felt the presence of some sort of entities. And it might also have been my, myself. This is the trippy thing. It's like you're perceiving things and you're also the thing that you're perceiving mm. because it's all one mind, one energy. And I felt this like a return to home and almost like a welcome back from friends uh, mm. on the other side. Like, welcome back. I think I spent, you know, it's there's no time there. I think the actual trip lasted maybe 20 minutes before I came back down to earth. And it took, I think, another 10 or 15 minutes to really fully ground myself back in my body. But in in that trip, that truly felt like dying because I'd never had this experience of you blink your eyes, but you're you're not even here. And then you blink again and even your eyes are gone, your mm. body's gone, your hands are gone, and yet you're still alive. So yeah. it was very, very cool. Yeah. Interesting. And so you're, you're, you know, like you said before, before you, you spoke on that story, it was like this death is um, this next adventure. You go somewhere else. And, and what, so in your description of that, you, this, what is it that, what is it that you, that this next something else is, or, or is it something that is, um, is just not, not knowable? Hmm. I think, I, I do believe in reincarnation. So I feel like when okay. we die, we may, we may end up in this, this realm where we can review our life, review what went well, what, what didn't, and then jump back in to play another video game, essentially. Really? Another yeah. character, another avatar. Or even the same life, but slightly different parameters. I also think that that could be possible. Like imagine playing oh, wow. your exact same life, but just with slightly different, you're like, you know, that thing I did, that wasn't cool. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, but I really like the character of Evan and I like that time period of the 2000s mm. and onwards. So let's go back there. But this time I want this and this to be slightly different. And then you go and you play the game again. And again, why? I think because it trains your soul and trains your consciousness. It strengthens it. It allows it to perceive the light and the dark. But then like what happens after all the reincarnations and all the lessons and all the experiences, what happens at the end? That I think is the ultimate mystery. It's like, do you do you go back to source and like merge with God? Do you go to other planets and have adventures there? Do you travel around the astral realm without any body, just like on a DMT trip? I think the possibilities are endless. Do you, does there a, do you think there's an end though? I mean, do you think you can end, like, you know, what happens at the end? Is there, is there even an end? Like, is there? Yeah, good, good point. Good point. I, yeah, no, I don't think there's an end. <laughs> there's no end. There, but there might be what people call like an end to the, the karmic cycle of incarnating on earth. So there could be yeah. like an end to earth school. And then there's like a next level. Um, yeah. I'm in no hurry to get off earth. I think there's so much beauty and value and, and amazing adventures here. Um, yeah. But there, there's probably other levels and other dimensions beyond this 
I mean, for sure there are, just we can't perceive them at the moment. Interesting. Yeah, reincarnation is such an interesting topic. Like it's it is um I guess the way I view it is more as like um you know, we can't our our energy does doesn't disappear. Like it goes somewhere. You know, our our brain, our body like I'm not I the way I see it is like I I you know and and, and obviously the the jury's still out for me on like I don't know what happens obviously. But it's it's like this like when I when I view when I think about reincarnation and I think about you know that sort of those sorts of ideas, I think like well, when we pass away, our energy goes somewhere. Like our my me as an me as Evan here in this earth on this planet might not come back, but it just morphs into everything else. It just it just goes into everythingness that is already here and that's all, all seemingly always been here so why would i think that that's not really a you know that's not really a death in my view of things like this just end blackness maybe that is for evan but in terms of uh, evan is already a part of everything else like and everything else is already you know what i mean it's it just it's just this kind of this this blend into everything else and and whatever happens there, it happens there. And I'm not, I don't know what happens there, but I think it's, I think it's probably one of those things where I, I just, you know, it's like, well, you don't really, you don't know what's going to happen until you go through it and that's going to happen mm -hmm. for everybody. So, and I, I think it is really interesting. There's a importance you're touching on here of staying present with this life and not worrying so much about what happens mm. next and just yeah. making the best of this life and making this the best adventure and whatever happens after i'm sure we will deal with that when that happens <laughs> yes no i mean you you really have no choice but to i mean there there just is what is happening and what is happening is is the you know i i used to get so caught up in in like becoming i i mean definitely had a fear of death i mean i still do um and you know but at the end of the day it's like well it i had to kind of come to the terms of like don't you can't think about it all the time because if you do think about it all the time you are mm -hmm. i am just i'm losing what there is to right now you know what i mean like death may not exist may, maybe we just go on to the next thing and, and like maybe it doesn't maybe it just isn't what it is but what i think it's going to be and you know, regardless, I'm I'm losing. I'm not being present with what's in this moment, and you know, it goes back to like, um, like the like the ancient philosopher, like Epicurus, who's like, well, wherever death is, we are not, and whether we are, death is not. As a paraphrase of that, but it's it's just not here. You know what I mean? It's just not. Mm -hmm. We're not. We're not. We're not. Wherever death is, we're not there, and wherever wherever. Wherever it is, you know, it's just it's just not something we can we can we can comprehend because it's not with us and and I and it allows me to be more present, allows me to be more um, grounded. But at the same time, death has always been something that is a motivating factor for me because I know I know that it is not. I know that this life, whatever this is, is not permanent. It's going to end, and that reason alone is for me. The, all the motivation I need to try to get as much as I possibly can done right now, because without that, you know, it's, it's, 
where I'm just wasting it. You know what I mean? I'm wasting whatever, everything that could be experienced here. And I'm just trying my best every day to put as much as I possibly can into this moment. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I don't always succeed as much as I want to, but that's, that's the amount of success that I feel is, is necessary, is, is, is necessary for whatever I'm trying to achieve. And so, you know, it's like, I can always give myself more crap or give, be, be hard on myself for not doing what I, everything I'm trying to do. But at the same time, like there's a lot, the life gives you life. You're not going, you're not doing less than you should. You're not doing more than you should. You're always constantly doing as much as you should be doing. You know what I mean? And I think that's mm-hmm. something that is, um, for me is kind of a comforting, comforting thought to, to be trying to, to, to constantly do more. And, and it's, it's been kind of a journey thinking about that yeah. or life in that way. Um, You're always doing your best is I think what someone told me when, mm-hmm. especially it helped me with looking at my past and mm-hmm. understanding that that person in the past was doing the best they could. Yes. Um, and not like almost like cheating and saying, well, if I had the awareness and the consciousness of who I am now back then, I would have made slightly different choices. It's like, no, but you were doing exactly the best you could and you're doing exactly the best you can in this moment. And going back to like what you said about death, it reminded me of a quote and I forgot who said it, but someone said that if we didn't have death as part of the story of life, we wouldn't get anything done because we just like, well, we have infinity, so <laughs> this can be done next year. But yeah. death is a great, the great anti-procrastination tool of like, mm-hmm. get off your ass and make something of yourself, make something of your life. Definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely. And it, it's like those, those two ideas are like related because, you know, we're, we're all constantly doing our best we can. And uh, in the face of, in the face of this eternal mystery that we're going to have to face at some point. And so that is, that's, you know, I love that thought. I love the thought of, you know, of doing, of being our best, being our best selves. It's like, we have no choice but to, because like you said, it's like, and, and, and I think that gives an incredible amount of, of, um, of, of compassion towards other people. Cause you view them and their, their situation, like they're, they are doing their best. Maybe it's not, as good as you would like it to be, or maybe it's not as good as, you know, how, how you, how, how you see the world or like, it's not, it's not exactly how you would go about it, but, but they're doing the best with they, what, what, with what they've been handed. And, and that, that brings compassion, that brings sympathy to, to other people's lives and to try to view their, their, what they're, what they're going through, how they're displaying themselves from a perspective of, of understanding and 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 a, and a willingness to like put yourself into their perspective and and try to think like well if I, if I were in their situation this is what they would I would be thinking and this is what they're trying to do and this is how they're trying to handle it yeah they could be handling it in a different way but it's not their fault that they're not because that's they're trying they're doing everything they can to to be their best selves and and it it might fall short but at the same time it's 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 like it's like trying to uplift each other in order to for us all to to better ourselves in a certain way you know what i mean mhm 
And from a um, cosmic perspective, it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from a cosmic perspective, it's all perfect. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is, I don't know. It's like, yeah, there's, there's, um, there is this, yeah, I don't know. It's like perfection. Does perfection exist though? You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe better phrased from a cosmic perspective. It's all, it's all good. It's all, it's all serving a purpose. Everything is, yeah. is serving a purpose. Yeah. It's all yeah. the way it's supposed to be. I think maybe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the flip side of that is we should also strive to constantly be better in my view. It's like, mm. you're doing your best and how can we do better? <laughs> so it's like <laughs> this pull and push of acceptance, total acceptance of who you are and where you are. And then the ambition and the desire to, and how can I be a little bit better and a little bit kinder yeah. and a little bit more loving and a little bit more Definitely. aware? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's a great great way to kind of put a put a pin in the conversation. The the uh, I I will I will let you know. I at the end of every episode, I always try to get a music recommendation for all Ooh. from all my guests. So I should have let you know a little bit earlier, but if you if you want to you know after all this existential talk after everyone's really um deep in their minds and thoughts um I I I like to bring a little bit of a uh, music to it because that's it's always been important to me to kind of yeah seek new seek new music I love music it's such a big part of my life um yeah so if you have any recommendations you can think about it look through your Spotify real quick I would I would love if you I had, do like, a, I know I have a I have recommendation. a recommendation. I mean, first of all, I have my mushroom playlist, which okay, um, sweet. Every every time I trip on mushrooms, I add to my website exactly like what I tripped on and how it went and like all the good music I put on yeah. there. So that's at jameszander.com slash playlist. Um, okay. but the the artist that I comes to mind when you mention music, I deeply connect with his music. His name is Marsh. He, he does melodic house and deep house and something about his music connects so deeply with me and mm. especially on mushrooms it's like this there's a spiritual essence in his music yeah uh, and it's it's nothing that you could quantify or say this note is is the god <laughs> essence but something in it it just yeah. fills my my soul with light and love and a great track to check out for people is lost in you by marsh um that's one of my favorite tracks and then a great mix by him because he does these dj sets that are like four to six hours there's one called seven sisters marsh dj set and another one i think it's the castello dj set by marsh which is freaking epic i mean that (laughs) yeah just the the music and the transitions it's a fantastic set so hopefully that gives people some listening uh, awesome vibes. yeah yeah definitely for sure i love i mean i know exactly what you're saying where there's like this spiritual essence to an artist and everyone has that like everyone's artist everyone's music taste is different but like when you find that you're like this is the best this is i don't know what it is but there's something mm-hmm. about this that is just puts you in a headspace puts you in a mindset that is just not like other 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 types of music and and it is uh it's great to find that so i'm excited to listen to I'm excited to listen to your your recommendation. And you said you could find it at um uh your your website. Yes, if if you go to jameszander.com slash playlist, 
all the links and all the links to my favorite mixes are there. Cool, cool. And then, uh, yeah, please use this as your time to kind of shout out what you got going on, what, what's going on, uh, where we sure. can find you and get, get more good uh, James, James insight. Sure, sure. Sure. So I, I run a podcast called The James Zander Trip, where we dive into psychedelics and consciousness and all the beautiful spiritual stuff that we talked about here. So that's available on Apple and Spotify and YouTube. And the best way to connect with me is jameszander.com. It's got all the links. And also, I'd love to mention my mission, which is called onebillionhumans.com. And the mission is, let's get a billion people educated about the power of plant medicine and the magic of mushrooms. And then let's get a billion people to take shrooms on the same day, worldwide, with the intention of love, and see what happens to the planet's frequency if one-eighth of the world is tripping on shrooms. Wow. So that's at onebillionhumans.com. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's uh that is quite an objective. And I'm and I am and I'm here to here to here to voice that. that that's good. That's 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 uh that's a quite a bit. And I'm and I'm I look forward to see where you where you guys get with that. That's that's awesome. Um cool. And you have the microdose podcast too, right? Is that is that I do what's going yes. on with that? So the microdose is where I do solo episodes that are like 10 to 20 minutes long, where I talk about my experiences, my lessons in life, my psychedelic trip reports, whereas the James Zander trip is more with guests and going into these deep two-hour yeah. conversations with various interesting people I meet in life. So... Uh, and I like to kind of say the James Zander trip is, you know, you get the trip. And then if you want the little microdose, you can go to the microdose. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the name, the microdose podcast, it's a good name. I, I, <laughs> I saw, I, I saw that. That was great. Awesome. Well, Thank thanks you. James for being on. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. I'm glad, uh, glad we could uh, sit down and talk some more. It's been a, Thank you, Evan. it's been a very interesting conversation. It's, it's been a pleasure and you've asked some really deep questions i i always like it when i go into new unexplored places in a conversation and you've definitely taken me there so much gratitude to you and uh, i love what you're doing with your pod i love how you combine cinematography and like filmmaking and like you you really make it into an art form that's unlike other podcasters so it's very unique and i appreciate you and your energy and what you're doing Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, we will get back to the video at some point. Just gotta gotta make sure I get a get a little bit little bit of cash to to reafford the equipment that was stolen. But yeah, thank you. I really appreciate appreciate uh, your support on that. And um, and uh, anyone listening, please check out check out uh, James's James's stuff. So we'll uh, we'll talk again. Thanks for having thanks for being on. Thanks for uh, having a good conversation with me. Thank you, man. My pleasure. This episode is sponsored by magicmush.ca. If you're looking for an online dispensary for magic mushrooms, mushroom chocolate, and other high-quality psychedelic products, head over to magicmush.ca and use the promo code JAMES to get 25% off. Thank you for listening, and have a beautiful trip. 
Hello, beautiful soul. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something today, and I hope this episode helped you in your psychedelic and spiritual journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my other podcast, The James Xander Trip, where every week I bring a fascinating guest onto the podcast to dive into psychedelics, mindset, and spirituality. Search for The James Xander Trip on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or visit jameszandertrip.com. I recommend listening to the first episode, where I dive into ayahuasca with my friend Jacob and his wild experiences on psychedelics. And if you want to stay connected with me, join my free newsletter at jameszandertrip.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy my brand new audio course, Unlock God Mode. Unlock God Mode is a four-week experience where every day you'll get a 15-minute audio lesson that gives you frameworks, tools, and perspectives to upgrade your relationship with life. In the same way that mushrooms give you insights that help you up-level in the video game of life, I designed this course to do the same thing for you. I've compiled every lesson that I learned through psychedelics, through meditation, through my spiritual work, through life. I've put my best tools in this course so that no matter who you are, if you choose to go on this adventure with me, you're going to learn some amazing frameworks. You're going to learn to see life with new eyes. You will improve your relationship with life. And by extension, your life will improve. If you're interested in more details, go to jameszander.com slash godmode or use the link in the show notes. Use the promo code SHROOMS for a special discount. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I deeply appreciate you. Feel free to reach out to me through my newsletter. Go to jameszander.com to sign up. I'd love to connect.